This is the Week in Addiction Medicine, a podcast resource of timely news and top stories brought to you by the American Society of Addiction Medicine, ASAM. Today is Tuesday, November 21st, and I'm Claire Rasmussen. Our lead story this week, neurocircuit selective for fast but not slow dopamine increases in drug reward, is in Nature Communications. The authors used functional MRI and PET scans to monitor dopamine increases while subjects received methylphenidate either orally or intravenously. Intravenous methylphenidate caused a more rapid increase in dopamine than oral. Activity in the medial prefrontal cortex decreased in both groups but was more pronounced with intravenous methylphenidate. However, only intravenous methylphenidate produced increased activity in the dorsal anterior cingulate cortex and insula that was reflected in the subjective rating of high. Our next article in Neuropsychopharmacology is titled Disrupted Brain State Dynamics and Opioid and Alcohol Use Disorder. OUD and AUD non-smokers display similar changes in brain state dynamics, including decreased fractional occupancy or dwell time in default mode network-dominated brain states, and increased appearance rate in visual network-dominated brain states, which were also reflected in transition probabilities of related brain states. Of note, co-use of nicotine affected brain states in an opposite manner by lowering VIS-dominated and enhancing default mode network-dominated brain states in both OUD and AUD participants. Next, we have a study in JAMA Network Open titled Presentation and Outcomes of Adults with Overdose-Related Out-of-Hospital Cardiac Arrest. The study found that the incidence of overdose-related out-of-hospital cardiac arrests in a metropolitan county in Washington state increased significantly during the period of 2015 to 2021. The greatest increase was in combined opioid and stimulant out-of-hospital cardiac arrests. Our next study in the Journal of School Nursing is titled Conversational Artificial Intelligence Interventions to Support Smoking Cessation. In this meta-analysis, the authors review the current evidence for AI use in smoking cessation. They found that there was a significant increase in abstinence at six-month follow-up for those who received AI intervention versus control conditions. The authors acknowledged the limited number of studies analyzed and expressed concerns about potential bias. In addition, the authors note that there are significant ethical and legal considerations that will need to be addressed. Our next study in the Journal of Studies of Alcohol and Drugs is titled Trends in Cannabis and Alcohol Use by Sexual Identity in the 2015-2019 to National Survey on Drug Use and Health. The study found that all groups except lesbian females experienced significant increases in cannabis use rates from 2015 to 2019. Heterosexual males, heterosexual females, and bisexual females also experienced significant increases in CUD rates. In contrast, no group exhibited significant increases in heavy episodic drinking or AUD rates. A new article in the U.S. Health and Human Services is titled Contingency Management for the Treatment of Substance Use Disorders. Section 4127 of the 2023 Consolidated Appropriations Act included a requirement for the Secretary of Health and Human Services and the Inspector General to submit to Congress recommendations for improving access to evidence-based contingency management interventions. As a result, the HHS Workgroup on Implementation Strategies for Contingency Management has prepared this report, which provides a framework for CM implementation. A new article 
in tobacco control is titled Optimizing a Product Standard for Banning Menthol and Other Flavors in Tobacco Products. After reviewing the evidence in various policies and bans around the world, the authors argue that policies addressing flavors in tobacco products, particularly menthol, are likely not adequate. Bans often address flavor, but menthol and its analogs can evoke cooling effects that can smooth the harshness of tobacco at levels below the need to taste the product. The authors suggest policy should not only ban additives with the flavor, but also the sensory effects. Robust policies are needed to minimize legal challenges or industry ability to circumvent the policy intentions. Our next study, Widening Gender Gap and Life Expectancy in the U.S., is in JAMA Network. The study found that during the pre-COVID period of 2010 to 2019, the gap in gender-specific life expectancy increased 0.23 years. From 2019 to 2021, it increased even further to 0.7 years. Prior to COVID-19 in 2020, the largest contributors to worsening life expectancy were unintentional injuries. From 2010 to 2021, unintentional poisonings, most notably as a result of drug overdoses, contributed 0.44 of the 0.51-year decrease in life expectancy. This concludes today's episode of This Week in Addiction Medicine. Remember to subscribe to the ASAM Weekly for more exclusive content and our editor's commentary, delivered every Tuesday. Be sure to check us out on social media and asam.org. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.